Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 355 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... I'm on the radio too now. This is fine. What do you want to talk about? Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well. It's been a few weeks since you've been on previously. So uh, what have you been up to? Not much. I've been uh, just doing my thing, kind of hanging out. Been doing a rewatch of uh, Veronica Mars. Because oh, cool. after watching She-Hulk, I needed to get a reminder of what good writing was. Because <laughs> holy God, is that show awful? <laughs> Not really a whole lot to say in any other respect of that, other than. God, that show is just terrible. <laughs> um, big fan of Welcome to Wrexham, which I know we're going to talk about later. Yes. Because that's something that I can completely relate to as someone who grows up around a lot of pro athlete teams mm-hmm. um, that just never have a chance to do anything good. That show is very relatable. Matt and I talked about that a little bit. I mean, the whole concept of teams going up and down divisions is completely foreign to me. That doesn't exist in America. Yes. Yeah, that is something that absolutely was beyond conceivable for me. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) Because here in America, all the teams have a collective bargain agreement for name, image and likeness for like the video games. And also they share revenue for TV contracts, things like that, merchandising. But that's all shared. So the fact that a team just goes down and down and down and then just doesn't get paid basically makes no sense to me whatsoever but having the team that's been like in the gutter for decades seen that a million times yeah i mean there is the same sort of thing with british football but it's like there is a bargaining agreement for the premiership so if the teams are in the premiership it's not with the individual clubs though it's with the football association so there is an agreement for the premiership and if you're in the premiership you get a cut of that amount of money but you've got to be playing well enough to be in the premiership. If you then drop a league, you still get money because there is an agreement for the championship, but it's less. And then it's Mm -hmm. less for the lower divisions and less for the lower divisions. And then you get to the national league, which is the league that Wrexham are in. And there is no TV money because none of the games are televised. So they're entirely reliant on who walks through the door or the turnstile in this case. And they, of course, were completely shut down during COVID. So really were financially struggling at that point. And I mean, they were already struggling prior to that. So, I mean, there was furlough and obviously help and things. But yeah, I really enjoyed that show what with four episodes in because they seem to be dropping them two at a time over here same over here okay. we're getting two on a monday 
Right. Okay. I actually don't know if the next two have dropped yet or not, but that's been a really, really solid, interesting sort of underdog story. And Rob and Ryan seem incredibly genuine about what they're trying to do with it. And, and they're sort of funny. And the fact that they're leveraging the sort of celebrity with like TikTok to getting the sponsors yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. A perfect example um, in the NFL. Detroit Lions story team, three winning seasons in the last 20 years. So, you know, like I said, as a, someone who can look at a sports team and just see the town still support them, even though they're just terrible, completely relate to that. So, yes, absolutely. I mean, the other thing, of course, which you have in America, which we don't have here, is the fact that sports teams will up and move to a different city. I mean, that's completely alien to us. You know, you'll have yeah. like a, a sports team get bought and the entire team will move from one city to another. You could never have that here because most of them are so closely tied to mm-hmm. the community and the particular stadium and they're ingrained in the local area. Exactly. I mean, Los Angeles Lakers, that team was originally in Wisconsin, the land of a thousand lakes. That's why it's called the Lakers. Yeah. The Utah Jazz was originally in New Orleans, the home of jazz music. Utah is home of Mormons that generally don't like music. <laughs> yes. There's a. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Basketball? No. Hilarious movie by uh, the South Park writers. They had an opening bit about that to where... The Raiders moved from Oakland to L.A. and back to Oakland and nobody really cared. Yes, I remember that. I find that very, very weird because, as I say, it would be so odd for Manchester United to get bought and suddenly move to somewhere in London. It, it would be very weird if something like that ever happened, but it's not done over here. I mean, technically, I guess you could do it, but uh, yeah, I mean, there'd be uproar if you did. That show, it's um, is it FX or Hulu? It's running in the U.S. Uh, Hulu over here in the Hulu, States. Yeah, and then Disney Plus, it over here but um it's been really really good that show i've very much been enjoying it what else we've been doing video game wise uh there's a new city builder sim called farthest frontier it's in early alpha technically the launch game right now is 0.75 yeah um it's a little glitchy in the sense that some of the mathematics don't work out in that my city has a thousand units of smoked meat and 500 units of smoked fish and i have one month of food supply <laughs> for 125 people uh-huh. um so i think the math doesn't really work out on that summit but it's very asymmetrical in that you don't build a farm and that feeds everybody. You have to build multiple farms. You don't have a hunting shack and that feeds everybody. You have to build multiple shacks. So it's very realistic in the sense that one thing doesn't solve all the issues. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of there there. There's no story. It's more like a Civ City game, things like that, to where you just kind of doing it just to see how well you can build your city. Been getting back into Red Dead 2. I've been giving that another shot. Ever since I got my Series X, I've been trying to play as many games as I can that are either benefiting from that hardware upgrade or are specifically Series X enhanced. Mm-hmm. And the loading time, way less than what it was on my 1S. I mean, just in that alone, the loading time was worth getting a one uh, Series X, which fortunately I found just randomly in stock on Amazon. And I had my credit card does, uh, you know, reward points. Right. And yeah. so it wound up, it wound up only costing me like 200 bucks. Oh, wow. So 
Yeah, because I, I, I use it all the time and I never spend the points on anything. And so I had like a crazy amount of points spent up. It's like, oh, add this to cart. Yes, I'll <laughs> use my points. Oh, it's only 200 bucks now. Score. Woo-hoo! Yeah, awesome. I'm terrible for not playing my consoles. I mean, I've, I was thinking about getting a PS5, but to be honest, I so rarely play the PS4 that I already have. I just I don't really see the point. I did buy a Steam Deck, partly because I, I traveled quite a bit. And the problem with a gaming laptop top is they're unbelievably heavy i mean i've got a reasonable gaming laptop but it's really really heavy to take with me so i thought well i'll try it with a steam deck and i discovered you can connect a mouse and keyboard to the steam deck and run it in what they call desktop mode so you, you can basically use it like a tiny little computer with a wireless mouse and keyboard attached to it obviously it's a fairly small screen but it will run pretty much like a computer but purely for games as well as being able to run as as a sort of you know you don't need to use that you can use the handhold bits and pieces on it you know it's got like joysticks and it's got trackpads on it and stuff so and it's a touch screen as well so there's there's lots of ways you can interact with it but um yeah i've been really quite impressed with that you know they've they've opened it up in such a way that it makes sort of mobile pc gaming quite easy to do which i you know and and uh, that's all i really wanted because i use the pc so much for gaming and all my games are bought on there it seems a shame that you know i can't just take those with me and i've then got to kind of rebuy stuff for other handheld consoles so mm-hmm. i've been really impressed i mean that was 350 pounds i think it was i'm not sure what it is in dollars but yeah, about 400 bucks yeah so it's about 400 dollars, and it's actually a really decent purchase they are looking at, at getting i think they've got a dock thing coming for it which will allow you to attach it directly to a tv you can do it by plugging things into it at the moment and you can plug it into a tv and use it on that as well i actually had a gaming laptop that i traded for the ps4 that i have now because i never used my gaming laptop (laughs) and now i never use my ps4 so yes the thing is i looked at sort of xboxes and stuff and there's no point in me getting an xbox because everything that comes out on xbox comes out on pc so if i've got a reasonable pc there's no real point in me having the xbox to play things on and i'd lose everything that i got on my steam library so it's one of those things on the plus side the xbox is cheaper to buy than a decent gaming pc but it also the games are less varied and more expensive generally so mm-hmm. there's a lot more sort of indie stuff that comes out which i enjoy playing and plus it's i find it easier to play things like the city builders you mentioned which i really love i find those easier to play with a mouse and keyboard which i mean i know you can plug those into a xbox but yeah i mean i'm like 50 50 half the games i play are on my pc and half of them are on my xbox so it's kind of varied yeah. it really kind of depends on the game itself like i don't play city builders or any kind of rts on my console because it just doesn't work with a controller no it's very difficult to do that with controllers but yeah i've been looking at uh, frontier it's actually in my wish list so it looks a bit like banished if you've ever played that which has been around don't remember years. that game now banished is it's, it's been around for a long time and the base game wasn't completely finished but they somebody did a massive mod for it which you can actually get off steam and that sort of adds a whole bunch of extra stuff in it and actually makes it into a really decent game so uh, you can probably pick that up fairly cheaply but that's a very similar kind of thing in that sort of old world 
city builder sort of thing. So it does look a little bit similar to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly top-down, third-person God view kind of a game. Yeah. Uh, you don't control the individual characters. Yeah. You just have roles, and then you can assign based off of roles for buildings. So, like, you can add or subtract people to farming or add or subtract people to woodworking or things like yeah. that. It does sound very, very similar to those sort of town building games and Banished is a very similar sort of one. I've played a few of those. I may pick that up because it's one that I have been looking at that one. Any other stuff? Not really. I mean, work's been pretty busy for me lately, so I haven't had a ton of time to do fun stuff. (laughs) Media wise, I did see uh, Thor 11 Thunder in the theaters. Not a great film. Wasn't overly impressed with that. I mentioned earlier... I'm watching She-Hulk more in case Matt wants to do a podcast on it, but (laughs) don't really like that show. That's not a great show. I'm enjoying it. I know there's been a lot of snarkiness about it, particularly the Megan the Stallion twerking scene that was like a little additional thing at the end of the last episode. And I mean, that, it was a stupid joke. It wasn't. Yeah, really- I mean, that that's a stupid joke. I'm more of a, you know, you have Tatiana Maslana, who I loved in Orphan Black. If you've never seen Orphan Black, you should really watch that show. It's yes. a really good show. But you get her just bitching about controlling her anger to somebody who has literally had to live with being a rage monster for over a decade just that lack of self-awareness is frankly insulting i i don't know overall i have been enjoying it i like the fact that they're going with a sort of comedy end to it and i know there were some issues with that first episode and the cgi on the she-hulk herself is better than it was in the preview stuff but still isn't great it does look slightly off they nailed it with the hulk but for some reason with her it just doesn't seem seem to be quite right. Overall, I am enjoying it. It's a fun little addition to the whole MCU, but it's certainly not up there with things like Loki or WandaVision or, you know, the, the, those. Yeah. Well, I knew it wasn't going to be really interesting when I saw the uh, Comic-Con panel for it. And they said, well, what's it like on a random Tuesday afternoon? I'm like, we're talking about a comic book universe with gods and monsters and people shooting laser beams out of their eye. And you're making a show about the minutia of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Why would that be interesting? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting take on it, I guess, but I don't have a huge issue with it as a show. Like I say, it's certainly not up there with some of the best MCU TV shows, but you know. So I'm also continuing to watch House of the Dragon as well. That's the other ongoing thing. It's a bit slow going, but fine. I've been enjoying it so far. They're about to do a big cast change with that, apparently, because some of the child actors are getting replaced with adult actors, which Mm -hmm. makes sense when the kids are really young. But there are some of the so-called child actors I think are in the sort of 18, 19, 20s bracket and you kind of think do you really need to change those people out? That doesn't seem to make a huge amount of sense. But yeah, I mean, there is a sort of 10-year time jump or something coming, I think, which is the reason that they're doing it. Yeah, and if you live in the US and you don't have HBO Max, the first episode is actually on YouTube, uncensored, you know, orgies and nudity and all. Really? Wow. Yeah, just goes to show you, terms of service means nothing if it's a big enough corporation that pays you <laughs> enough money. That's true, true, yes. In terms of video games, actually, I did pick up a new one this week, Hard West 2, which I hadn't actually played Hard West 1, but I was looking for something which was a bit kind of XCOM-y, and this was described as, it's basically XCOM, but as a Western, and has a bit of supernatural stuff sprinkled over the top of it, basically. So you have this posse of outlaws, they each have individual 
different supernatural powers and this ghost train turns up and sort of runs through the middle of the west and you're tracking down the person who is running the ghost train who is essentially the devil and uh, you're trying to sort of go after him that's the sort of setup for it but the combat is basically the XCOM type of combat where it's turn-based and you move your character lines of sight and all that sort of stuff I'm about 30 hours into that and I'm getting towards the end of it I think so I've been really enjoying playing through that though you know combat solid it's got some different sort of things you don't so much level up the characters as you collect playing cards as you go through and as you get more playing cards you can use them to create combinations which you give them to the characters they create combinations which give you more abilities so you can play around with them for each individual mission and you can take them off some characters and put them on other characters and that sort of stuff so i think that's quite an interesting kind of mechanic the way that they've worked with that it is sort of like XCOM. It doesn't have the base sort of stuff. It is more linear story driven than the XCOM games. But if you're looking for something to scratch a sort of XCOM itch, certainly one that is worth looking at. Have you played many of those sort of turn-based strategy things? Yeah, I'm a huge XCOM fan. I played the first one, the expansion. The second one I wasn't as big of a fan of because they just made the difficulty curve spike way too hard, especially with some of the unique characters that you have to fight where they pop in kill half your squad and pop out before you can even blink yeah yeah i'm big turn-based um matt actually got into that a little bit with the rabbits mario game um yeah. That's about the only XCOM style game he's played, so... Yes. I didn't realize the Rabbids games were turn-based things. Not all of them. There was a, a Rabbids Mario crossover game that's very XCOM-like right. in terms of uh, gameplay. Okay. I've not really played any of those because, I mean, I do have a Switch, but I again, I rarely use it because I don't really game on consoles very much. But yeah, I played the XCOM games and was a huge fan of those. There's another one called Phoenix Point, which is probably the most XCOM commie kind of game i've picked up that's been out i think over a year now so there's a bunch of dlc for it but if you like xcom and you're looking for kind of a new take on it phoenix point is another thing that's worth picking up that's a sort of uh, aliens invade planet and you're trying to stop them thing so i mean it is very xcom that one and it's turn-based and slightly different in the way the aiming works but still very similar in, in that the aiming is is slightly more realistic you can't be stood in front of somebody and completely miss which you can in sometimes in XCOM. Yeah. So Phoenix Point is another one that I would recommend going to pick up. In terms of TV, of course, the big thing that dropped this week was Lord of the Rings Rings of Power. I take it you've not watched this or not? I have no interest in it. First off, I'm not the massive Lord of the Rings fan to begin with. Um, right. I've seen the Peter Jackson movies. I've seen one of the Hobbit movies. But when a show hires a Tolkien expert and then fires the Tolkien expert <laughs> for pointing out all the inconsistencies in the lore... And then reaches out to Peter Jackson saying, hey, you want to be a part of that? And Peter Jackson says, send me a script. And then they completely ghost Peter Jackson. That kind of tells me, yeah, this is just going to be a show. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge Tolkien fan as such. I mean, I like the movies. I have read the books. He goes on a bit in places. <laughs> you know, there are things that Peter Jackson cut out of the books for the films. And I think that was the right decision. So I'm not like 
massively into the lore and that sort of stuff. You know, I haven't read things like the Cimmerillion and and that sort of thing. So I tried to come to this with an open mind and it's a little bit slow, but I am enjoying it as a series. They spent a billion dollars on it. Literally every episode of Rings of Power costs more than the entire season for the third season of The Orville on Hulu. (laughs) Yeah. So they spent a lot of money on it. And to be fair, it does show. Disregarding the plot and the story and all that, it looks beautiful. I mean, it really does. It looks movie quality throughout the entire thing. And I mean, you'd hope it would with the amount of money that they spent on it, but it looks spectacular. I mean, they've done a really, really good job with that. It looks great. Some people obviously comparing it to House of the Dragon, which I think is a little unfair because they're very, I mean, they're same genres-ish, but one of them is much more, I want to say, gritty and realistic, which sounds weird about something that's got dragons in it. But there is a grittiness, I think, to House of the Dragon. It's certainly far more adult. You're not going to have those yeah. big orgy scenes that you get in House of the Dragon in something like Lord of the Rings. The really that. weird thing was that trailer they released, and it just showed characters kind of fading in and out. It legitimately looked like an early 80s soap opera commercial. <laughs> like I was I was half expecting uh, the sands of the hourglass or the days of our lives or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But plot wise, I don't know how much they've monkeyed around with the history because I don't know Middle Earth history that well. It seems to be an interesting, coherent story so far. I mean, I thought they've done quite a good job in the way that they've strung it together, because you are dealing with very disparate sort of races. You know, you've got the elves in there, you've got the dwarves in there, you've got humans, you've got the Harfoots, which are the sort of hobbits in this version, and you've got sort of the evil stuff going on as well. And the way that they've stitched it together by using using the map to put you into context of where things are. It's well done. And unlike some shows like The Witcher, which could get very confusing about what connected to what, I think they've kept what is a very kind of wide history and they've managed to string it together in such a way that it makes sense. I know there was some complaints that it was a little bit slow, but I'm sort of okay with that. It is slightly slower storytelling, but that's all right. The acting, I think he's fine. I don't know a lot of the actors in it. The only one that I really knew was Lenny Henry. But overall, I think it's been great for the opening couple of episodes, and I will certainly be watching more of it. I mean, it's been going down very well. I mean, we don't know what the numbers will be like for the later episodes, but I mean, it had a global audience of over 25 million and the biggest premiere for Amazon Prime Video in its 15-year history. So, uh, you know, it's obviously doing something right, (laughs) certainly to get the eyes on it. So that was a good start. Amazon's not afraid of spending money. If nothing else, there's that. Well, yeah, there is that. I mean, that's the thing with the streaming services. Amazon is not short of cash. They're perfectly happy to throw money at this. They ordered multiple seasons when it first came out anyway, so we know we're getting more of it because that was part of the deal of them getting the license in the first place was they had to have multiple seasons of it. And it's like Apple and HBO and and even Sky over here to a certain extent. They tend to be targeting more quality more than quantity. And yes, sometimes things miss. But the Netflix model of throwing mud at the wall and seeing what sticks, I think, is starting to show issues now. 
and the streaming services which are getting a lot more kudos to them are the ones that are actually going for fewer shows but higher quality yeah it also has a 39% rating on Rotten Tomatoes so yeah. make that a bit what you will I think there is a certain amount of it being review bombed from that because if you actually look at it the reviews are ridiculous on both sides because you've got it getting either 10s or 1s yeah and so there's people review bombing it with ones and then you've got people review bombing it with tens to try and counteract the review bombing with ones so it becomes meaningless really that rating certainly from the critical point of view i think it's been fairly positive generally from what i've seen and i'm been enjoying it you know i think it, it's a solid story so far yeah i mean it's one of those things you're either going to watch it and like it or watch it or not like it i mean reviews are just kind of uh, the temperature in the room i exactly. tend to trust the uh, audience reviews more i mean discounting the review bombs of the tens and the ones in general mm-hmm. once uh, once you filter those out you kind of see that it's like a five right. ish yeah I mean, I think it's one of those things that if you're looking for something which is sort of gritty and more adult, this isn't it. But Mm -hmm. if you are a fan of the sort of fantasy genre and I think if you liked the Peter Jackson movies, I think this is perfectly within that wheelhouse. You know, it's up there. Yeah, but if if you look at Rotten Tomato, the Peter Jackson movies, they're 95, 95 and 86 respectively for Fellowship, Two Towers and Return of the King. And the Hobbit movies are 83, 85, and 74 for Journey, uh, Desolation, and Five Armies. Mm-hmm. So when you compare that to the 39% that Lord of the Rings of Power are, you know, you get more of a complete picture of it. So Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, of course, they're completed films and they've been mm-hmm. out for ages, whereas Rings of Power has two episodes out and has only just started. So I'd be interested to look back at it in 12 months and see what the ratings are on it then. Once the things have leveled out a bit, and I want to see the whole thing and see how it plays out. But overall, I've been enjoying it. So I would say if you like the fantasy genre stuff, if if you liked the Lord of the Rings films, and you're not a complete Tolkien purist, I think you'll like this. Worth looking at. The other thing that came back this week was Rick and Morty as well, which actually got, I think got simulcast around the world for the uh, launch episode, which is surprising that they even did that in the UK, given that it's on E4 and their terrible scheduling. It does mean it went out at four in the morning, but you know, that's fine. You can set your things to record it. Solid opening episode of this. I really like Rick and Morty stuff. It's lovely to have that back. I'm still watching Solar Opposites, which is of course the sort of sister show to the Rick and Morty stuff. Is that one that you've been watching? No, I've saw the first couple episodes of Rick and Morty didn't dislike it it just wasn't really in my wheelhouse for humor right but I'm one of those people that you know if you like it cool I'm just not gonna watch it and it was kind of falls into that category I don't have a problem with it I don't have a problem with like the adult nature of the comedy I'm perfectly fine with that it just it didn't resonate with my style of humor so I'm just like yeah okay fair enough I really enjoyed the opening episode of that I thought that worked it was sort of a continuation of where they left things at the end of the last season uh, interestingly the creator of Rick and Morty Justin Rowland Dan Harmon Justin's actually was talking about how he's he stepped back a little bit in the sixth season and let some younger writers who were sort of fans of the show come in and throw new ideas around as well. So I'm sort of interested to see where that goes for the sixth season as well. So that's all the stuff we've been doing and watching this week on TV and in video games. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, one cancellation this week, and that is Rutherford Falls, which has been cancelled by Peacock after two seasons. I've quite enjoyed this. I've only seen the first season of it. The second season came out while I was over in America and uh, haven't got back around to watching it. But this was Ed Helms and uh, Michael Saw, who, of course, we you know from The Good Place and Parks and Rec were the uh, other things that he was involved with. And it was a comedy about two lifelong friends and they live in this small town. He's sort of a local historian and it's about the sort of relationship between them and the Native Americans. And I really like it. I think it was a really, really fun show. It's just a shame that they've decided not to continue it after two seasons. But, you know, it then frees Michael Sir up to go and do some other things, which is no bad thing because I love the stuff that he's been doing. Particularly The Good Place was great and I know Parks and Rec and uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine as well was the other thing that he was involved with. So yeah, I've been following his kind of stuff quite a lot so i'll be interested to see what he goes and does next moving on to the renewals trying has been renewed for a full season at apple ahead of the season three finale and harlequin has been renewed for a full season at hbo max it is going to have a showrunner change sarah peters who has been the writer since season one and is currently serving as a consulting producer is taking over as showrunner from the current two people justin helpen and patrick schumacher who were two of the people that originally developed it i really like that harlequin series i i think that's been one of the best dc things on tv recently which i know isn't setting a very high bar but you know yeah you could take a half a step and get over that bar <laughs> yeah but i'm glad they've renewed it for a full season because given everything that's going on at HBO Max and the whole DC Warner Brothers Discovery thing. I'm glad that that has at least survived. Uh, do you have any take on the whole Warner Brothers Discovery thing? Uh, it's hard telling. I mean, movie-wise, I know a lot of their stuff's been delayed. It looks like Black Adam, which I'm looking forward to in the second Shazam movie, which I'm really looking forward to because mm -hmm. I was a big, big fan of that first movie. Those have both been pushed back. Still don't know what's going to happen with Ezra Miller and the Flash movie because they pinned so much of their extended universe on that. Yeah. And that just really blew up in their face. Yes. Um, granted, they couldn't have predicted that, but who could? I mean, that's one of those things that, you know, sometimes you just got to take the L and move on. So, <laughs> yeah, the movie stuff, as far as we're aware, they're still planning and releasing the Flash at the moment. They've done some messing around with the Aquaman movie to replace the Batman in it because it was supposed to be Michael Keaton and then they reshot shot it with Ben Affleck and that's got moved until after the Flash is released so it looks like the Michael Keaton Flash thing is just going to be a sort of one-off thing now within that Flash movie because they cancelled the Batgirl film which was also supposed to have Michael Keaton in it. Well so, they didn't just cancel it they actually deleted the digital files yes. those are gone. Yeah because the directors actually went in to try and get a copy of it and found that everything had been deleted and one of the earlier previews called it irredeemably terrible so. Yes but I 
I know. And then there have been other things that come out since saying, actually, I saw a version of that and I really enjoyed it. Or, you know, it was nowhere near as bad as they're making out. So I, I don't know. Well, it's also not like this is without precedent. I mean, they did a 1994 Fantastic Four movie that went through full production and then never got released. But you can see bootleg copies of it. Yes. If you know where to look in that bootleg community. So I think it's probably the most high profile and the most money that they've basically sent to a write-off and i feel sorry for everybody involved in it because you know it's not just the stars it's the people behind the camera it's the you know the directors the makeup artists the people writing well it's not like their pay was dependent on the movie getting released i'm sure they got paid after the fact but when you work on something like that i mean it's not just the money it's the fact that you've poured your heart and soul into something for however many months that movie shot and it's never gonna see the light of day that's pretty harsh i think mm-hmm. on to pickups and other news batwoman season three part two is finally premiering in the uk for those of you that want to catch the end of that i mean i kind of gave up a little bit with that show but the second part of season three which has been missing for somebody said that's the entire length of a pregnancy basically uh, so it's been missing for nine months it's friday the 23rd of september it will land on e4 extra at 10 p.m so that is finally shown up somewhere in the uk you've pretty much given up on i mean there's not really any out reverse stuff left at this point but you get you were giving up on that prior to the cancelling everything were you so yeah i kind of tapped out of batwoman at season one when they replaced ruby rose yes just because there was no reason to invest in a character that was just a cutout of another character because like the whole interaction with her and her sister was the whole reason i was watching that show yes just because that was super interesting to me and so they not quite kill off kill off the character so there's no reason to invest in that character Mm -hmm. because where's the dynamic it means literally nothing yeah i get that and as we've said before the arrowverse is basically ending because got flash coming back for one more season superman and lois isn't connected directly to the arrowverse anymore and the other shows like stargirl aren't connected to the arrowverse so there are still dc shows out there titans of course is at the moment is still running but whether that survives the next call we don't know (laughs) So Arrowverse is sort of finally done. But if you're a completist and you want to watch the end of uh, the Batwoman season three, part two, that's uh, Friday, the 23rd of September on E4 Extra. You can find that. The Mysterious Benedict Society has got a release date as well. That's on Disney Plus. That's on the 26th of October. And also on Disney Plus on the 5th of October, The Bear has got a release date, which is a TV show which is getting a lot of sort of buzz stuff around it. It stars Jeremy Allen White as a young chef from from a fine dining world who comes home to Chicago to run his family sandwich shop, the original beef of Chicago land after a heartbreaking death in the family, which doesn't sound like an awful lot when you read that as a description. But I mean, it's a sort of dramatic comedy. It's been getting a lot of decent reviews. So if you want to check that out, it's called The Bear and that's on Wednesday, the 5th of October. That full release has already been through on Hulu yes. in the US and I've seen it and it's actually really good. The description doesn't do it justice because it's all about the intensity and how hard it is well, just in general to run a business, but for any kind of restaurant, it's damn near possible to run a restaurant these days. Mm-hmm. And it's a take on that from a guy who comes from a world where you have one person stirring a pot, reducing something from 14 hours to being kind of like an in and out really quick restaurant. So, yeah, it does sound really interesting. And as I said, the reviews across the board for it have been really, really good. So I am looking to check that out. It's I knew it had been out in the US 
Plus, and you know that's where we've seen a lot of the reviews for it. It's called The Bear. Wednesday, the fifth of October, on Disney Plus UK for that. There was an announcement today that uh, after they'd announced what last week or the week before that the BBC were reviving Gladiators or American Gladiator as it was over there next year for a brand new season. They've announced today that they're also reviving Survivor in the UK as well, which they did try once before back in the sort of early 2000s and it ran for a couple of seasons and then I'm a Celebrity came out and sort of trounced it completely. So they decided they were quite similar and dropped Survivor UK. But globally, Survivor's been doing very, very well. Does it still run in the US? I know it ran for years over there. I honestly don't know because I tend to, those shows to where it's just drama for the sake of drama. So like Survivor, Big Brother, Bachelor, Bachelorette. I zone those out. You take yeah. those four series combined and I've maybe seen about 15 minutes total of right. all of those genres combined because I have zero interest in it. Yeah, no, I'm very much the same. I very rarely watch any of these things, but um, oh yeah, it is still running. 43rd season premieres this September in the US. So that's the US version, but they aren't doing a new UK version. It's going to be running on the BBC. So that's the second sort of reality show that they bought for the BBC. And I mean, fine. I guess if that's what you want to do but yeah so Survivor is getting revived with the UK version in the UK alongside Gladiators and the last one we've got a premiere date for Weird the Al Yankovic story that is coming on Friday the 4th of November to the Roku channel which is free and uh, if you've got Sky you have got access to the Roku channel it's under the apps and some Roku boxes and everything this looks great it's Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al and it's a sort of fictional take of Weird Al's life story mm-hmm. have you seen the trailer for this because there is a trailer out for it but it looks I have really seen funny. the trailer he does look a lot like Weird Al actually remembering that the last time I was on your show was the day before that actually got announced and you told me like hey i just found out about this but don't tell anybody because it's under embargo <laughs> yes and then the next day he got released i'm like okay that's what he was talking about yes it's such a weird thing but i love daniel i know we both uh, fans of just the weird path that daniel radcliffe has taken with his work and i love the fact that he does these strange off the wall yeah. projects you know when you've got and, the and Harry- every now and then an actor will just get so big so fast that they do whatever they want or they do nothing i mean when was the last time you saw um who is it that starred Malcolm in the Middle? Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz. Yeah. Munis, I mean, yeah. he has done literal nothing since then but he made so much money and he invested it so well that he doesn't have to do anything yeah and that's the thing with Daniel I mean you've got Harry Potter money so it's not like he has to really probably do anything at this point but you know he's an actor he likes acting and I like the fact that he's gone for these really off the wall roles (laughs) you know I mean some of the things that he's gone for the you know there's there's this the stage work that he went for there was Miracle Workers as well, which I thought was just brilliant. Exec producing that and one of the stars of it. I, I love the fact that he's picked these kind of slightly stranger projects to do. That's weird, the Al Yankovic story, though. That's coming on Friday, the 4th of November to the Roku channel. And as I say, you can find Roku on Sky. It's available under the app section and there's a bunch of free stuff on there. It's entirely free. It's ad supported. So you can go and watch. There's loads of other interesting things on there as well, but uh, that will be dropping on there. I think that's going to be a great thing to go and see. Moving on to other stories and back over to the MCU, there was a story that dropped that uh, Ben Kingsley is to reprise 
reprise his role as Trevor Slattery in Marvel's Wonder Man series on Disney+. Plus. Now, we should mention that Marvel haven't confirmed that there is a Wonder Man series coming to Disney+, Plus, but uh, a lot of people seem fairly convinced that it is actually certainly in development and uh, seems to be happening. So I suspect it'll be one that will get announced at D23 this year. Yeah. The news of the sort of Wonder Man series coming has been around since June. It's got the director and co-writer of Shang-Chi, Destin Daniel Cretton, behind it. If you don't know Wonder Man, his character's been around since 1964. Simon Williams, son of a rich industrialist, inherits his father's company called William Innovations, but the company is failing mainly due to competition from Stark Industries. He gets caught trying to embezzle money from the company, but he's bailed out by Baron Zemo, who offers to transform him into an iron-powered superhero in exchange for infiltrating the Avengers. Williams agrees and becomes Wonder Man, although does eventually end up betraying Zemo and becoming an actual Avenger properly. I think that character was actually introduced in like a deleted scene from the second Guardians movie. It was supposed to be like, for whatever weird reason, the director for the Guardians movie is like this huge fanboy of Nathan Fillion. So he's always snuck him in somewhere like in the first. Yes. Uh, the first Guardians movie, he did the voice for one of the prisoners. And in the second Avenger movies, there's a deleted scene to where the character for Wonder Man was actually an actor. It was on a poster on a wall and that scene got cut because it was irrelevant. So I remember that some of the reports are saying that it may be a little bit different to the comics in that they're talking about it being a sort of Hollywood satire and Simon Williams does work as a stuntman in the comic books and they're talking about maybe using that in the TV show, which would sort of make sense and would also tie into the sort of whole Trevor Slattery thing because remember Trevor Slattery, Ben Kinsley's character, was a failed actor that got hired to play the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 and then it's revealed that he's not actually the Mandarin he's actually an actor and then he turns up again in Shang-Chi as well I'm quite happy for this to sort of happen. Interesting people behind it. It's got Destin Daniel Cretton, who is EP and co-creator. He worked on Shang-Chi. Andrew Guest, who's worked on things like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 30 Rock and Hawkeye. He's going to be head writer and co-creator of it as well. And Destin Daniel Cretton, he's also supposed to be directing the Kang Dynasty movie as well, which is the Phase 6 film. So any interested in this? I don't know Wonder Man particularly as a character, but... Honestly, it's going to be one of those things that once I find out who is involved with it will be the kind of the determining factor. Yeah, like you say, they sort of put Nathan Fillion on a on a poster, which was then sort of in a deleted scene. I don't think it's going to be Nathan Fillion in this because he's got a full time gig in the rookie, and that seems to be keep on getting renewed right now. So I suspect that it won't be Nathan Fillion; it'll be somebody else. But I mean, you know, who knows? It'd be interesting to see who they actually cast as Wonder Man in this. But I think that's probably an announcement for D twenty three this year. Mm-hmm. I suspect. Quite glad to have Trevor Slattery back because I think that is, that's been a really fun character that they introduced. Moving over on to Orphan Black, which we were talking about a little bit earlier. Orphan Black Echoes, which is the spin-off series. This takes a deep dive into the exploration of the scientific manipulation of the human existence. It follows a group of women as they weave their way into each other's lives and embark on a thrilling journey, unraveling the mystery of their identity, uncovering a wretched story of love and betrayal. That's the logline for it. Uh, it's got a new cast member in it it's gonna have keely hawes joining this spin-off which keely you'll know from well 
everything. She's been in like the Durrells, Finding Alice, It's a Sin, Line of Duty, Bodyguard, Midwitch Cuckoos most recently. She's in Crossfire, which is a new BBC drama, and she's in Stonehouse, which is an ITV drama, both coming in the autumn and starring opposite her husband, Matthew McFadden, in uh, Stonehouse as well. She's sort of everywhere, but she's going to be playing a perceptive but sensitive scientist who finds herself at odds with her own moral code, but circumstances lead her to make an unthinkable choice. She's joined by Kirsten Ritter, who is playing Lucy and is sort of the main lead, and she's also exec producing the series, a woman with an unimaginable origin story trying to find her place in the world. Spin-off of Orphan Black, as you said earlier, you're a huge fan of the original. I didn't even know the spin-off existed, so... <laughs> Do you like the idea of it? I mean, they wrapped the first one up so well, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, I love Kirsten Ritter. I think she was great in Jessica Jones. She was really wonderful in, in Breaking Bad, and she seems to be taking over the, the sort of lead Tatiana Maslany role, presumably playing multiple clones. And she has got some comedy background, which I think helps with this sort of thing as well. So I'm quite interested to see what they do with it. It is going to be a sort of separate story from the original. Mm -hmm. It's just set in the same universe, I think is the idea. Would you like to see more of the sort of Wolf and Black? I mean, I would definitely see the premiere episode to see what it's like. And then, you know, it's one of the things that you have to just go from there. So yeah, because so much of what made that original great was Tatiana and her multiple roles on that show so yeah she completely sold being different people on that yeah Anna Fishko is the person that's the writer on it who's worked on Fear the Walking Dead The Society and Pieces of Her she's working with John Fawcett who was the creator of the original series so it has got some of the original people involved the exact producers are from the original show as well so we'll see where that goes and the other new story we've got, The Crown, has landed William and Kate for the returning season, which is going to be the last season. They're also talking about a prequel as well, apparently. The Crown has got actually a couple of people playing William and Kate. Um, Rufus Camper is playing Prince William at the age of 15, while Egg McVeigh is going to be playing the older version of Prince William later on. Meg Bellamy is being cast as Kate. All three are new to TV, although they have got some experience on West End and off West End and stuff. Rufus Camper is appearing in the episodes which are going to be around the death of Diana, and he's worked on West End stage in things like Sutan Zen's Secret Diary of Adrian Mole. McVeigh will be taking on the part of the slightly older William when he starts dating Kate when they're both studying art history at St Andrews. That's where that sort of change will come in. And then there is only one actress playing Kate because they don't need the younger version of her. Did you ever watch The Crown? I don't know whether that was one that ever sort of perked your interest. I don't even know where it shows here in the US. So. It's on uh, Netflix. It's a Netflix original. So Well, that would explain it because I cancelled my Netflix subscription back in February because it was one, it was getting too much and then two when they said oh we're going to be bringing ads in i'm just like no yeah that ain't gonna happen yeah no 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 no. absolutely they are also talking about a prequel which uh, when you're talking about something which is based on real history sounds a little weird to describe it as a prequel but the, it's basically from the same team but it would be likely cover the pre-world war 
two era or late Victorian era when Queen Victoria reigned, which is kind of weird because there has been quite a high profile show called Victoria, which ran on ITV over here. So the Victoria era seems like a bit of an odd place to go. I don't know what they do with that, but they are talking about doing something else set in an earlier time period. I mean, real history or as real as the crown gets, which is dubious, I think, in places. Nothing confirmed on a prequel series, but they are in the early stages of talking about it, apparently. It's not greenlit or anything. So could be getting more crown. So that's all the news we've got for this week. We'll just move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. We've got Brassic returning for its fourth season. That's on Sky Max. That's on the 7th of September at 10pm. We've got a show called Son of Critch, which is a coming of age story based on the childhood and adolescence of a Canadian comedian called Mark Critch, who was in the Republic of Doyle. That's coming to Paramount Plus on the 7th of September. There is a show called The Imperfects, which comes to Netflix on the 8th of September. That follows three 20-somethings who, for a chance for being human again, band together to track down these scientists that turn them into monsters. There is a trailer for that over the website, but it smells like a cancelled after one season show to me. Mike, which is a limited series drama which explores the ups and downs of Mike Tyson's boxing career and personal life. That is coming to Disney Plus on the 8th of September. Russell Howard Hour is back for season six. That's on Sky Max. That's on the 8th of September as well. That's at 10pm. Cobra Kai returns for its fifth season. That's on the 9th of September. And there is an interview with the editor, one of the editors of Cobra Kai, going up fairly soon on the podcast feed as well. Central Park, the animated series that returns for its third season on Apple TV on the 9th of September. American Gigolo, which stars John Berthnall in the titular role as the American Gigolo. That comes to Paramount Plus on the 10th of September. Harley Quinn season three, that lands on the 11th of September at 10.35 on E4. Great British Bake Off returns for its 13th season. That's on Channel 4 on the 13th of September at 8pm. And the Emmy Awards, if if you want to go and catch those 13th of September at 9.45, they are landing on Sky Max. That's all the stuff coming next week on TV. If you want to find more stuff from Robert, you can find him where? I am podcasting video game stuff with Matt at entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, I don't really do many podcasts outside of that. In fact, my internet life is fairly muted. I'm old to the point to where... I don't feel the need to vomit my existence online, so (laughs) you don't really find me anywhere. Yes, so if you want to find more of Robert's stuff with Matt, you can go and find that over at entertainmenttalk.org. And Matt, of course, has lots of other podcasts over there, such as Manchester United and various reviews and all that sort of stuff. So go and find that at Entertainment Talk. For other people, you can go and find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S, who is, uh, I think she's still abroad at the moment. She was in Gamescom, I know that, but that's... I think she's still in Germany. Yes, I think she's still abroad right now, but she was over at Gamescom. I think she's having a bit of a break, but uh, she will be back to streaming fairly soon. So uh, go and check her out and go and give her a follow. But that's twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S. And uh, she's Trista Bytes on all the social media as well. So go and find her there. And Daryl, you can go and find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series that you love that are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get 
get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook and facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 bye